0: From Rivers Barden Architects, this is Fork in the Road, a podcast featuring conversations with creative individuals about their path, craft, and passion. In this episode, our resident architects Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden visit with Preston Brown, a homebrew supply store owner from Houston, Texas.
1: You know, I'm an all-in kind of person. I started at one point, and and just haven't stopped learning. You know, I still learn. I, I have a sign in my store that says, push the boundaries, and I have it there for a reason. It reminds me to think outside the box, try to be devil's advocate, try to make sure that you're doing everything you can to make better beer.
0: Preston Brown has been crafting home brews for over a decade. During that time, he's made a name for himself in the Houston craft beer scene, having co-hosted a radio show, co-founded a brewing club, and last fall opening his own home brew supply store, The Grain Cellar in Humble, Texas. Joe and Kevin chat with Preston about going all-in on brewing and his new store, and the value of resourcefulness. Here's Joe, followed by Preston.
2: So, you are a renowned beer brewer in the... Houston, in Texas market. What, what got you interested about brewing beer? Where did, where did this passion come from? I wouldn't go so far as to say renown, but uh, uh-huh.
1: true story. I was an IT director and had an auditor in. He was the external auditor for the company. And so auditors, you want to make sure you take care of. So what I did basically is I took him to lunch and making small talk, I asked him, what do you do for fun? He told me he brewed beer, and without thinking about it, I heard myself say, well, how good could that be? <laughs> so, yeah. Making some awesome. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, this audit's going to go great. <laughs> he was very gracious, and he said to me, well, I'll bring you some beer, and you can try it, and you tell me. You got your auditor to bring you beer. Yeah, he
0: That's brought me. He brought market. me a
1: six pack of his homebrew, and it was a Friday. I took him home, put him in the refrigerator, and drank all six of them that weekend. And I found myself Monday uh, buying a homebrew kit and coming going down this path. How long ago was that? That was twelve ish years ago. Yeah, wow. maybe a little longer than that, but. Well, it sounds about right
3: was it a love at first sight kind of thing where it was like oh yeah this is i'm in this
1: uh it was it was more of i want to i'm i'm an all-in kind of person mm-hmm. both feet jumping in so I, I like to cook so i figured i could do this you know it's not going to be that hard <laughs> uh, and the more i learned about it the more i realized that this could go really deep Um, and so I just carried, uh, my passion as far as I could and learned as much as I could. Mm -hmm. My first batch was a partial batch. And my second batch is what they call an all grain. And I brew both still. Hmm. So, uh, depends on the time required. Some batches take all day to brew. Some batches take five, six hours. Partials only take you know, three to four hours. Did you do that first batch on your own, or did you have a friend help you? I did it on my own. Uh, my wife Mindy was my
2: co-brewer, co brewer and muse. Yeah, <laughs> and we made it happen. Now, when was your first uh, your first batch where you were just like, "Oh yeah, this is it"? When, when did you feel that first real success? Was it that first batch? Was it a few weeks later? Um, I don't think I've ever had that. Um I'm
1: my I'm my worst critic. The beers I make are decent beers. Um, if I ever brew the perfect beer, I will probably have to stop. So I'm never going to call a beer <laughs> perfect. <laughs> and that goes with all beers that I try. It, I never rate a beer if the scale is 1 to 5, I never rate it a 5. And I apologize to anybody out there listening that if I've rated your beer poorly, It's your own damn fault. (laughs) (laughs) Try harder. (laughs) Try harder. (laughs) It's a a craft. It's not just something that anybody can do well. It is something that anybody can do. I always say when I teach classes, worst case scenario is you'll have beer. I teach the classes so it's good beer, so that you'll
2: have good beer to bring me. Back to you and your brewing history and experience. What about your first, um, I'm going to assume you've had a bad batch, but what was that first skunk beer batch? Do you have a, a skunk story?
1: I've, I've poured out four beers. Uh, it actually happened to me just recently. I poured a batch out here at the store. I was pushing the envelope, trying to figure out you know, where that boundary is. And I sure enough found it. (laughs) (laughs) I brewed a batch of beer from start to finish in 34 minutes. Wow. Whoa. And I was pushing the limit, trying to find out where, when, and how. Uh, The next batch I will do, my 34-minute beer, will be much better. I know what I did wrong. I've got a correction for it. And we'll see how that turns out.
2: Speed beer, huh? Yeah. Is that the name
3: of the beer, 34-Minute Beer? Or?
1: No, I, I called it actually Barely IPA because then I, I didn't realize or didn't know if it was going to be a Barely IP or if it was Barely going to be an IPA. So <laughs> that was the premise of it. And what are
2: you thinking about when
1: you brew beer? What's kind of your thought process? Uh, the The thought process actually happens before the beer. You should always look at the beer from the perspective of the style that you want to brew – the kinds of ingredients going in and how it comes together. When I look at a beer that I want to brew, I'll go start digging through my books and try to find information about it. As a, for instance, the primary beer that got my wife to start drinking beer is a wit beer. We were drinking Blue Moon and she said, can you brew this? and by God, yes, I will brew that. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I started doing research and trying to figure out what the best way and finding different books about it. And what actually got me the most was there's a book, it's called Wild Brews. And in there, he talks about how to bring out the best citrus flavors and he talks about using blood oranges or the zest from blood oranges as the perfect citrus to add to wit beer and so that's how I actually brewed her first beer because I did all the research found what I needed and then went out and got the ingredients and, and brewed it and after many iterations of brewing that beer I think I've pretty much nailed it it's it's phenomenal and if you don't believe me come by the shop i'll let you have a taste (laughs) (laughs) when did you open the grain cellar our official opening was october 8th we've been having fun this is uh my retirement basically i never wanted to open a homebrew store or any never wanted to be my own boss Always wanted to work for somebody else. Always enjoyed go home on the weekends and do whatever. And But I was unemployed for nine months from being an IT director at an oil and gas company and decided that can't find work, make work. So I made work and been enjoying it ever since. What's, uh, what's your biggest joy going to work now? What are you most excited about? No stress, not having the tension in my shoulders that I carried for 30 years, being able to go to sleep and not have to worry about my phone going off at two in the morning. Yeah, all those things. What's the biggest challenge you've faced? I am in way over my depth. I have no idea what I'm doing. Let me make sure everybody's clear on that. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm winging it. (laughs) this is my vision so does it conform to the normal homebrew supply store no i've got a lounge in my homebrew store i've got a tv where we can watch the game and drink beer and cheer on football or racing or whatever this is my dream this is the way i see it i think it turned out
2: okay it's it's fun i'm enjoying it tell us about some of the other options and things you're promotions you're doing to set yourself apart service
1: is big so if you have questions by all means ask if i don't know i'm going to tell you i don't know but i will by god find out i mean i have resources that normal people don't have i was on on the radio and i had a homebrew store uh, homebrew show about beer wine mead spirit cider and food and So my contact list is the who's who in Houston Brewing. So like I said, if I don't know, I can find out. I know people that know. Guaranteed, I'll find the answer.
2: And the right answer.
1: An honest answer, too. And I'm not going to – that's the other thing I I plan on making sure everybody knows is I'm not going to pull punches. If you bring me bad beer, I'm going to point out what's wrong with it and how to correct it. That's the most important thing. I'm not going to turn my nose up and snub you. I'm here to help. I want you to brew better beer so that when you bring me beer, it will be good. So it's kind of selfish in a way, but I want to make sure that you brew better beer. I also do classes. Homebrew, cheese, wine. Cheese? Cheese making? Cheese making classes, absolutely. All my classes are 100% free. Uh, with hopes that you would actually spend some money here and get your supplies here. I also, for any new brewer that comes in and buys a kit, they go home with two and a half cases of used bottles. And that'll save a new brewer about 30 bucks, basically. So you don't have to start worrying about where am I going to get glass to put my beer in. And the third thing that sets me apart is any new brewers, if they just want to have somebody to be there with them, I offer the use of my propane burner as long as they bring a tank of propane they can come out here, I'll put a pop-up up in front of the store and they can brew beer here. They can come on down and use my pots and my propane burner and brew a batch with somebody that's done it once. No other homebrew store in Houston gives that level of service. And that level of service I plan on continuing as long as I'm here. I want to make sure that when somebody gets into this hobby, they don't have to stumble through it like I did. Sure, I brewed an okay batch of beer, but I could have had twice as much beer on
2: my first batch. (laughs) (laughs) So your history, your experience level, aside from your service, is also pretty outstanding. It's not that you just started brewing beer 12 years ago but you've been a a fixture in in the Houston Brewing community. Talk about your path from that first time you brewed beer to be what many would consider one of the local experts. I still don't know about that
1: local (laughs) expert thing, but uh, like I said earlier, I'm an all-in kind of person. I wanted to know every part of it. I wanted to know what enzymes get activated, how they get activated, I wanted to know about water and what it actually did for the beer, and I wanted to know, you know, why the yeast are so important, and how do, how and where you can collect them, and culture them, and plate them, and do slants. And you know, I'm an all-in kind of person. I started at one point, and and just haven't stopped learning. And, you know, I still learn. I have a sign in my store that says push the boundaries, and I have it there for a reason. It reminds me to think outside the box, try to be devil's advocate, try to make sure that you're doing everything you can to make better beer.
3: I'd like to know, just to get into a little bit of uh, like where you grew up and... Um, How you got to Houston?
2: Yeah, Uh, how'd you make it out of West Texas? Yeah. Uh, So,
1: grew up in Alamogordo, New Mexico. Little bitty place in the middle of nowhere. The only two claims to fame, uh, Alamogordo, New Mexico, is the pistachio hub of the nation. Also, Miss America, uh, 1978, I think, was born and raised in Alamogordo, those are the only two factoids about Alamogordo. We'll take it. <laughs> um, so, true story, I was on my way to Florida and ran out of gas and money here. That's it. When was hands- it in Florida? I had a job waiting on me in Florida, actually. And true story, I've never made it to Florida yet. <laughs> I don't think the job's there still, though. You
3: never know. Will, will, will you ever go to Florida, do you think? I, I, any any draw or is it like one of those things that, you know, fine, leaving it just as this place I was. I don't know.
1: <laughs> uh, don't know if I'll ever make it to Florida. What was the job? It was actually a, I was going to be a career consultant. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> how about that?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to tell people how and where to work. Do you think the universe just jumped up and said, I think Houston's good, just stop? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Uh, worked at a cleaning pool's. basically made all my money wiring houses to pay for my hot rods and gas money, and the hot rods have never went away. I just realized I didn't want to do that for a living. Mm-hmm found myself working on copiers that were connected to computers and realized I knew more about connecting computers than, than some of the people that I was connecting them for. And so I decided to get into an IT department and never looked back until the grain seller. So this is my retirement. It all comes down to this working, me making this work, and I am driven to make this work. Mm-hmm. So anything and everything I can do to make it work
2: is important.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you started your life making cars work, Figure out how to make copiers work, Figure out how to make computers work, Figure out how to make beer work. Yeah, you're screwed. <laughs> <I'm done>. <laughs> <laughs> what you think? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't see that. I just find there's a great resourcefulness that you have I don't know you I mean you could really start it from you know driving to Florida and okay, now you're in Houston, and how do I find my bearings you know and now you have this uh this new store that you know you're way over your head you know and but it's you know you have you're surrounding yourself with good people and um you're trying to kind of pass it forward and and things like that to you know we just had there was just a customer that came in here that you are completely gracious to and welcoming and how can I help and um, you know how to to keep passing this thing forward I think is I have like no no doubt that the successful will come with the store
1: It's, it's interesting that you you say that see I didn't see that at all it was pure greed how can mm. i keep this thing afloat mm. and by having the mentality of you have to be service
3: mm.
1: you know that's basically where that was but that's an interesting perspective i've never really thought of that i'll have to spend some time mulling that over yeah thank you though yeah. thank you so much for that i appreciate that it's very mm. gracious of you to say that
3: just kind of hearing the Different stops along the way of your of your path. It seems like you like what was it that we said before was um, necessity breeds mother, uh, of yeah, right? mother of all invention. Yeah, mother of all invention. And in this invention, you constantly are looking to work with what you have to, you know, uh, make a good beer <laughs> in a certain way. You know, or a good store or
2: product or right. And you talk about service, and even though there's a, a part of you that sees. A personal greed I don't your, your customers don't I mean, we're sitting there talking with Jeff and he's just thrilled to the, the knowledge you've given him and the support and the resources you've been able to give him for him to be able to brew beer and make it better and for him to realize and have fun with his passion mm-hmm.
3: and for him I mean he said he just comes in here like 10 minutes a day or something like that okay. just to say hi you know or something like that and he's on his way
1: and I do want that for all of my customers. I do. I, I make it so that people want to come back here and have a beer. I mean, I have this lounge for a reason. It reminds me to make sure that everybody wants to come back. That's really important to me.
2: Thanks for taking time out of your day and your busy schedule. And we've had a great time. And a wonderful afternoon. Yeah, appreciate y'all
0: coming in. From Rivers-Barden Architects, this has been Spork in the Road. For more information on Preston and The Grain Cellar, visit thegraincellar.com. A special thanks goes out to our guest, Preston Brown, interviewers extraordinaire Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden, and, of course, listeners both loyal and new. This episode was produced, written, edited, narrated, and music by Scott Barden. For more information on Rivers Barden Architects, visit riversbarden.com.